Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen, we have Gabby Lucevero and Kevin Nathan. This is kind of crazy for me because, I mean, Gabby, uh, you know, we forged a a working relationship because, you know, you're starting to fill in here on the show and Mm -hmm. it's awesome. You do a great job on NBC Connecticut. Thank you. Kevin was joking, you know, that... You know, even the 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 many breaks we have for news, weather, and traffic, it's still more time than you get in your sports reports. Which reminds me of back in the day, like Bob Connors. I mean, like clockwork at six fifteen or five forty five or whatever. I'm gonna have to cut you cut forty five from sports, <laughs> and then it, and then it ends up being a minute and a half, and then you got to cut this and that, and 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 that's that was your life for what twenty five thirty five years? How many years, Kevin? At the station, twenty in my career, twenty five. But I will say what Gabby and Matt Finkel do in their two or three minutes, four minutes on the air twice a day, is harder than what I do in news now. I mean, to generate the content they do, to be everywhere around the state, shooting their own video, putting it all together, people are like. You know, and believe it or not, Brian, people have said to me since I moved to news, you're so calm now. <laughs> <laughs> Relatively speaking, it's because of the life I used to lead that Gabby knows So we all have this well. joke. We had this uh-huh. Don Laviano produced for yep. many years. His phone still ri- I still have a message for Don Laviano. <laughs> I sit at his desk and it still rings. If you call my desk number, it'll oh, be Don Laviano's so voice. Funny. Uh, and I love Don. And I still like he's a friend of the show and he, we've had him on the podcast. But back in the day, you could go frame by frame. And and so like and 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 Kevin had this thing where he would like cheat it. He had all these little cheat codes, right? But he'd do this thing where he would like take milliseconds off by like pounding on the keyboard, yeah. like every little frame, and like everything you could hear. You know exactly what Kevin was doing. Psycho. And and the truth is, like I will just say, you know, Kevin, we've been on the air before, and I've said it. I mean, I would have no career if it weren't for mm-hmm. Kevin Nathan, and because he taught me how to do it, and I I never worked. As hard as he did or does, <laughs> but I mean, you could always aspire to it. So I think it's great that you had a little snippet of that too, as a as a mentor. And now at least you know you have a friend who, who's not who, who knows sports matters, right? Oh, it's it's huge. I mean, coming into this building and having nobody really to guide me, I was so grateful. And I've seen it happen with other people in this industry. And having somebody who's in the newsroom who can help me has been absolutely crazy. And you say, oh, your career. I mean, listen, maybe I got my career started without Kevin, but at the same time, I wouldn't be where I am without you. We came here to compliment you today. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) I love you guys. I appreciate it. Listen, we're going to talk a lot about the documentary, which I watched last night, Hartford Whalers from Heartbeat to Heartbreak, and it was great. It it looks 
great. I mean, just the shooting because it's video challenged. I mean, it's hard to find that stuff, and there's a lot of barriers. And as a former TV guy, I'm always looking for repeat shots and all this kind of <laughs> stuff. And you guys did a great job. I mean, editing wise, it must have been brutal, Gabby. Uh, editing was actually, I mean, fortunately, so Kevin went through, I mean, you got it, this man was crazed, you know. Shocker. So, right? But he had boxes and boxes. The, we knew we were going to have to lean heavily on photos, right? So it was scanning photos in our great, let's give a shout out to the interns right now who helped out with, yes. with that. And so we actually, as video challenged as we were, because we were limited by what on-ice video we could use, you know, rights and everything with, with the NHL, but... We actually had so much stuff. I felt like we really? were, yeah, I felt like we had so much to work with that there's still shots that I wish we got in there and we didn't. I, I agree. I mean, it was a deep dive also in the bowels and basement of NBC Connecticut because our archive system pre when the Whalers left 97 is archaic. So Moses DVD, Price, DVD, where's DVD, that video? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so it was, it was boxes of DVDs and then ingesting it, seeing what we had. The, the, the challenge was that the NHL, even if we shot it, set aside practice video. If we did an interview with you, Brian, inside the XL Center during a Whalers game, the NHL was going to charge us by the second for any of that footage. So as, it, as in the end, we probably only had maybe three minutes of, of game footage, if you will, in the entire documentary. I don't understand that. You know, I've had these problems like when I worked with NBC, mm-hmm. sometimes I worked at an O&O. I did it in Hartford and in, in Boston. And even if NBC Sports had rights to something, they wouldn't give you certain things. Like, I never understand it. If that footage is going to stay there collecting dust and making nothing, why wouldn't they want to share it and grow the game? Like, I don't understand the logic. Did they ever explain to you why they are like that? No, our, our EP, Lorraine Rowe, who did a fabulous job with this, she was sort of the point person with the NHL. It was a lot of back and forth. In the end, we had to write a check. I don't know the exact number. Yeah. I think, relatively speaking, it wasn't, you know... It, crazy amount but of But you money. didn't get nearly the stuff that you would have wanted, right? I mean, that's the truth. No, I mean, the last game alone, we could have used a, a ton more yeah. of that footage. But in the end, we're all really happy with the final product, and I think we used the video we had judiciously. And we also knew going into it what limitations we were going to have. We knew to be, like, as we were writing it, knowing that we couldn't lean heavily on game footage. Yeah. So that that was kind of helpful going into it. It's not like we were surprised. I, is the guy who cried in the interviews the same guy who's clapping? Like, is it the same guy? There's a cutaway to somebody clapping in the stands with a mustache much younger. No. Is it the same guy? Because that, it looks like the same guy. That's not, but it is the same person that I sent you a text yesterday. His name's Mark Oh, Rankin. he's the, with the he's TIC jersey. jersey. collector. We can get into that, but he has a TIC jersey with the number 60 on it, which threw me off because I'm thinking like TIC 61, whatever. But he thinks it's from the 60th anniversary of this radio station, which he thought was maybe in the mid-80s. So you can- I'll, I'll get our fact checkers on it. We have a whole staff of fact checkers. Matt, let's check if we can see if that's true. In the World Hockey Association of the National Hockey League. Here's a loose puck for Castles. Combed by Sanderson. He tried to pop in his lot. Norton tied him up, though. And into the corner, Sanderson tried to turn it back to Castles, who centered to Deneen and Arisha. He scores! Kevin Deneen centered to that puck by Andrew Castles and Jeff Sanderson as they wove the pattern in low. And at the 24-second mark, Kevin Deneen risks one low through the legs of Rick Cavaracci. And the Whalers take a 2-0 lead as Captain Kevin Deneen Takes his wrist shot out of the slot to give the Whalers some breathing room.
Sanderson tried to turn it back to Castles, who centered to Deneen and Arisha. He's gone. And into the corner, Sanderson tried to turn it back to Castles, who centered. And at the 24-second mark, Kevin Deneen risks one low for the legs of Rick Tabaracci. And the Whalers take a 2-0 lead as Captain Kevin Deneen takes his wrist shot out of the slot to give the Whalers some breathing room. And into the corner. And into the corner, Sanderson tried to turn it back to Castles, who centered to Deneen and Arisha. He scores! Kevin Deneen centered to that puck by Andrew Castles and Jeff Sanderson as they wove the pattern in low. And at the 24-second mark, Kevin Deneen risks one low for the legs of Rick Tabaracci. And the Whalers take a 2-0 lead as Captain Kevin Deneen Takes his wrist shot out of the slot. They give the Whalers some breathing room. I mean, Chuck Caden's classic. I mean, it's just classic. It, listen, the, the documentary, it's on NBC Connecticut at 7 p.m. on Saturday. Uh, Hartford Whalers from Heartbeat to Heartbreak. But you can now, it's streaming on Peacock or like how do where are the yeah, so where are the consumption so, points here? Basically, you you can't miss it, but you do. We're all trying to transition to to streaming right now and figure out what that looks like. So if you want to go classic online, you can go to just nbcconnecticut.com. Type Whalers in the search bar. You can't miss it there. Um, or we have um, Roku, uh, Amazon Fire TV. You can find us on there. And it's on demand on the NBC Connecticut app through Roku, so you can watch it at your leisure there. It's also streaming on the Roku, our live 24-7 channel, which is where you can see NBC Connecticut 24 So you can basically find it. It's everywhere. If you want to watch it, it's there. <laughs> it's it's going to hit go. you in the face. <laughs> Even I figured out how to stream the other night, so you know it's easy. <laughs> it's like, what, 52 minutes is the runtime? Exactly. Yeah, 51. I, yeah, it could have been longer, but I guess also in the metrics or something with the streaming, they, that's a sweet number, 52-ish, I think maybe mm-hmm. because of commercials. Will you get data back about you know how many people watch the whole thing, how many people don't finish it, and how many overall watch? Like, will you get that kind of data? I don't know how deep the data goes, but we'll certainly know who was tuning in and where. I think one of the really cool things was I was in the station on, um, on oh my gosh, Monday night when it, when it first came when out. When it dropped. And when it dropped. <laughs> and, you know, we've got our, our web editor there going, oh, this many people are tuning in on online, which is, and that was cool. And then, you know, right, like clockwork at 8.02, we started getting phone calls to people who, oh, you know, so wanted great. to watch it but couldn't figure out yeah, how yeah. to watch it. The, and, yeah. Uh, I, 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 where, 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 how do I watch yep. it? Listen, I want to ask you, the timing, part of it, the energy is the timing in some ways couldn't be better because there's been so much chatter with the Phoenix Coyotes being in the tank and and people you know there's still people who hang on to hope that that the whalers um could come back and obviously you put this this was in motion well before all that chatter correct sort of april or may of last year that this the genesis of this project came to be 
Uh, and then we started then doing the deep dive and research, making calls. Hey, let me just pause here and ask, why why do this? Like, why <laughs> and why do it now? Like, what's the, you talk about the genesis. What was the so, impetus? So, I think they were looking for a streaming project. And I think the idea was, and I think our thesis statement was, how and why this love affair with this team that's been gone longer than it was here still exists. The Booster Club is the, is the perfect example of that. But, but clearly, based on the interest from this, there are thousands of other people who are still, as Chuck Caton said, waiting for the next home game yeah. for the Whalers 25 years later. Mm-hmm. I find some of it super sad. And <clears throat> because, I mean, all our lives would be better if they had an NHL team here. I mean, for professional, personal, like all of it. I mean, and the fact that they lost it. And then I was thinking so much about Carmanos in the sense that he's hated. And he never, I, I mean, I think he was just, he never wanted to keep the team here ever. And, but at the same time, he moves it. You know, the value of the team has increased tenfold. He won a Stanley Cup, and he's got a street named after him. And, like, can you blame him? Or can you blame him? There's a reason people become billionaires. I mean, he's not a dummy. But I don't think you can pin it just on Peter Carmanos. As Mark Anderson, the head of the Booster Club, said, there I kind of want thousand to reasons <laughs> why and, and you're in the majority. Most people will pin it on Carmanos. Some will point in part to the Connecticut government at the time that maybe they didn't do enough. A lot of people point to Gary Bettman, the commissioner of the mm-hmm. NHL, is still in charge that he never wanted to be in a market this size. Some people will point specifically to the Ron Francis trade in March of 91, that yeah. once you traded the franchise, that was the beginning of the end. I think Howard Baldwin's point is well taken, that in 88, when it went from local ownership, Aetna, Travelers, et cetera, and Howard Baldwin leading the charge, all local, to Richard Gordon, now it's but he sold the team, though. He did. Can't we blame is, him a little bit, too? But it's in now in the hands of individuals. It's not this local ownership that has a vested interest in, in the team mm-hmm. and the community part of it. I mean, I don't know. Like, Baldwin's always talking about coming back and bringing it back, but isn't he somewhat responsible, too? He was the managing partner. He was told to sell the team. By he the companies? By the companies. They wanted to sell, and as he said in the piece, they got $33 million at the time, which was the most in NHL history. Hard to fathom, given that you know, the tag for franchises now is probably a billion-ish. Well, you, don't, you pay your second-line center a $33 million contract. <laughs> I mean, and Gabby, I, f- I forget, where, where did you grow up? So I grew up in, in Worcester, Massachusetts. Okay, yeah. so when you come into this, mm-hmm. there's not a ton. I mean, maybe you're a Bruins fan, or I don't know. Uh you know, we have to go in a second. Maybe we'll put a pin in this because we got to go to Bob. What I want to know is sort of like, how did all of this this sort of mythology strike you? And then sort of what did you learn from it? Like, and you especially, Kevin, like what did you learn from it? That's the sort of the next phase of the conversation. Again, uh, it's Hartford Whalers from Heartbeat to Heartbreak, 7 p.m. Saturday night on NBC Connecticut. And you can watch it streaming <laughs> anywhere you consume content. <laughs> and uh, we'll continue the conversation with Gabby Lucivero, who's the sports director at NBC Connecticut and Kevin Nathan, anchor extraordinaire, what, 11, 4, and 5, or what? what is it? 11 a.m., yes, right. yes. Not the 11 p.m., 11 right. a.m., and then any other times they need me during the day. Whatever, whatever you, <laughs> whatever you'll see him pounding away at his keyboard most of the day <laughs> at NBC Connecticut. All right, we're back with Kevin Nathan and Gabby Lucivera from NBC Connecticut. Uh, their documentary, phenomenal piece of sports journalism, Hartford Whalers from Heartbeat to Heartbreak, Saturday night, 7 p.m. on NBC Connecticut, and streaming now just about everywhere. Uh, and and w- I want to talk about... A couple quick things. One is, did you have any idea, Gabby, of this whole whaler mythology and cult coming in? And what was it like 
sort of peeling back that onion. Yeah, I mean, I knew about it because I'm I'm a big hockey fan as well. So, I mean, they left Connecticut when I was five years old. I'm sorry, everyone. Oh, uh, <laughs> that's really annoying, but that's okay. <laughs> um, I just like to remind they, you. You too, said it, right? Yeah. That was unsolicited. I'm still younger than Jerry Brooks, so there you go. Sorry, Jerry, if you're listening. <laughs> so I can't say I knew it at the time, but I knew it through what a lot of people know it which is seeing the logo everywhere yeah. and so I knew about the whalers but I didn't my kind of short line about it is I knew why we were doing it like lowercase it but now I get it like bold capital letters yeah. I get it I understand why people are still so obsessed with this and so into it well it's it. funny you say you're eight because i i loved seeing 1998 kevin nathan <laughs> <laughs> we did too. Was, and, but i like the high but i also like the high riser sports stuff like i like that table that was a nice look like a height chair for the 12 year old <laughs> doing sports is that what you're referring to <laughs> no but that must have been fun for you to go back and i mean i know you keep a lot of air checks going back and stuff like that but I mean, for you, you sort of lived the whole thing, and that must have been kind of wild to look back and see the, the work you did on the story. I think the biggest takeaway for me is, to Gabby's point, I didn't get it either. I think back to when um, it was either me or Joe D hosting Sports Talk here at TIC, and uh, um, we would get calls from Whalers fans. I never got the connection between the fans and the team, this community bond that they had. Remember, my first Do you really think was, it's different? Is it really different? Is it really different than other places? I think it is. Yeah. You will have one, you had one major pro sports team here. This is it. Look, if I have friends who are massive New Jersey Devil fans. If the Devils move away, you still have the Islanders and the, and the Rangers in the New York metropolitan area. If the Bruins moved away, okay, fans would go nuts, but you still have Red Sox, you still have Celtics, you still have totally. Patriots. This was it here. So until we worked on this project, I didn't get this connection. I mean, I used to get calls from Al Victor in the Booster Club. I'm like, well, guys, let it go. <laughs> and and now I understand why they don't want to let it go, why they want to, as Mark Rankin said, keep it alive. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I just, I yeah. I mean, we're, we're talking with Kevin Nathan and Gabby Lucevera from NBC Connecticut. And I want to get back to, to the sort of the production of it. I mean, Kevin, for you going back in the Wayback Machine or interviewing, I don't know who did the interviews, whether it's Deneen or Francis or whatever, like what part for you was like the best? So Gabby did Deneen and Francis and uh, the Zambonis band. I, I was in for the other interviews. and uh, The Zamboni guy was great. He was uh, phenomenal. He was so good. Snarky. Dave just, Snyder, I liked him. <laughs> well, there's good. the Zamboni driver, and then there's the Zambonese band. Right, the band. Yeah, the he band, was the edgy one. He yeah, was yeah. great, and he was so. It was so important. Finally, someone says it. Hey, we didn't have butts and seats. Yeah. Well, I like the fact that you guys told that side of the story, and I want to get to that in a second. But I want you to answer the question though first, in terms of like what what about you was like. I mean, there were a number of things. Look, Howard Baldwin is like 81 years old. He looks the, great, by the way. The guy could talk a dog off a meat wagon. I mean, <laughs> he is so charismatic. You're like, how does a guy found a team in his late 20s, when you see that charm and personality and the energy, he can just sell it. He he really overwhelmed me. Uh, Don Laviano, the aforementioned sports producer for us, texted me right before we came on this morning, and he thought watching it that Howard and Deneen were kind of the stars. They were mm. kind of the stand-up people. But to... Further answer your question, for me it was, you know, a Dan Nolan who I know for his charitable He was great work. too. Incredible. The firefighter guy who introduced Deneen to his yeah. wife. Yeah, if yeah. you watch it closely, Dan's getting choked up the whole time. Yeah. He's holding it together. Mike Vigent's a friend in Glastonbury who I've known for years. And 
every time we were together socially, he'd always talk about the whalers and how they helped him overcome emotionally dealing with childhood cancer. So when this project dropped on my lap, he was one of the first calls. I'm like, Mike, all these times, is it that real? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And Mike made the piece. And then Scoop, the Zamboni mm-hmm. driver, Wayne Knight, you know, and he said, I said, why are you getting so choked up? And there's a pause, and he said, because I bleed green. And I, that's the connection. I can see Kevin's mind is like, check. Well, he didn't <laughs> say much, but when he opened his mouth to talk, it was it was gold. I, you know, we and, and Matt Finkel's here too, uh, who's your partner in crime in the sports mm-hmm. department. And we'll get Matt in here uh, in a second because we'll, we'll have to take another break, of course, and then we'll have ten more minutes. But I, you know, Kevin, going back to the days where he did the documentaries on Calhoun, and we did mm-hmm. one on Oriyama that was sort of the highlight of my sort of local news career. The lack of narration, I just love that stuff. I mean, the fact that you can let the people tell the story. I mean, there isn't it. And the fact that you were able to weave yourself in talking about it and also the net. I just thought that that was, in some ways, the best sort of journalistic side of it was the nat, as as Kevin would say, the nat nat sound of it was really (laughs) so, so good. It was hard. It was a different style of writing than we we flex one muscle all the time, which is short, quick, snappy. And so it was was hard to figure out how to write that way. But once we got the hang of it, and yeah, having Kevin involved, he kind of was able to be the the glue to like, or really kind of the road to lead us to different And it's not like you're writing Memento or something where like the narrative is such a brain screw job, but it, it is difficult. People think, well, what are you writing? What are you writing? Well, like, you have to lay that out. Mm-hmm. So we initially had me in like 30, 35 times where we'd kind of written my parts in as sort of a weave, and we we recorded it, and I it came across as very contrived. I sounded scripted. I was trying to sort of half-memorize all these things, and we yeah. did it fast, and we all realized this just doesn't work. So we retaped my stuff, and we only put me in five or six times. And one of the things I kept saying to our producers and – you know, these are the producers, Matt and Gabby and Lorraine. By the way, you're hot if you want to talk. <laughs> is that I wasn't, you know, I didn't grow up in Connecticut. I moved here in 96, so I read the books about the Whalers. I certainly was on TIC radio enough years where I heard from the fans. But I wasn't here in the 80s when yeah. it was booming in the mm-hmm. mall, the Civic Center at the mall was this place. So there was no reason to have me commenting yeah. on that. We used me a couple times as a weave to get from point A to point B, but not a lot. You've been here five minutes, Finkel, and you're already breaking yeah, stuff. Yeah, you see that? <laughs> that's, that's AM radio. You might have to hold it. Uh, so, Matt, you've also <laughs> been in this market a couple of years. Yeah. And you're not born and raised here. Was it weird, this almost cultish love of this former team? Well, growing up in New Jersey, I was I feel like I was adjacent to it. I was grew up a Ranger fan, but I was aware of the Whalers and just their the Connecticut hockey team, of course. So when I got here and I saw how much it was still there, like the love was still there, that was what took me back a little bit. I was like, "All right, they had been gone since the 90s, right?" right? Get over it. Yeah, but no. And and the more we got into this documentary and doing the interviews, that thesis statement was proven right? i mean there were tears yeah still tears and you know it's funny i've told this story maybe once on the air but you know my dad and my uncle had season tickets to the bruins until it got too expensive so then they got rid of it when i was like eight so i didn't really get to experience it but one thing my dad did for about three or four years he would he would either let me skip school we do it on a friday or saturday he'd take me down to connecticut because you could see the bruins whalers at a much more modest price mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you could get in and we'd stay in the hotel and my dad my dad bless him, is such an old school with a great hockey heart. He just loved the fact that you could stay in the hotel, 
walk to the hockey game without going outside. He just thought that was the greatest <laughs> thing ever. So those that's my memory of the Whalers was coming here to watch Bruins Whalers. A lot of times it was a matinee too. And uh and we just had a had a blast. But the one thing that you guys were honest about, the team did not have a lot of success. <laughs> I mean, they only won, as you said in the in the documentary, they won one playoff series and they had a parade. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of crazy. Yeah, Quebec in 86, and I wasn't mm-hmm. here for it, so we did the research, and then they went on to play Montreal. And Montreal went on to win the Stanley Cup that year. With Patrick Waugh, yeah. you know, beginning of a Hall of Fame career. And, you know, look, Dave Babich, humble guy, got to reconnect with him uh, at the Yard Goats Whalers Alumni Weekend, and he said it. You know, they thought they had a team good enough to win the Stanley Cup, and they thought they were better than the Canadiens, and they lost in double overtime in Montreal, 2-1. to one. And who knows? Had, had it could Whalers... change history. I mean, like the tuck rule. Yes. Like, you never know what could have changed. Yeah, They win that. Hard to, hard to pull a team out of a market had they hoisted the Stanley Cup. Deneen said it best, right? He said, when you go to a Game 7 and you lose an overtime by one goal, there's not much of a difference between those two teams. So they were right there with the eventual Stanley Cup champs. Could have been them. That makes it kind of sad. Makes it harder. And that's another reason why, right, you have this kind of empty feeling of of, there's so many what-ifs in this story. And there's what-ifs for me, too. Even I mean, I'm thrilled with how this jock turned out. But, like, you think of the stuff on the cutting room floor. One person who I wish we could have touched on was Emil Francis, who was the GM, former Rangers coach back in the 70s. Did he trade Francis? He did not, as okay. Eddie Johnstone, but but Emil Francis was big on character. And when you look at what these guys went on to do and the kind of people we've started to meet and connect with, you realize they were they really were a good bunch of guys. That's mm-hmm. kind of what shines through. And then you look at a Ray Ferraro and Joel Quinville and Deneen and Francis, what they've all become. Liuta, I think, a, an attorney now. Not just good hockey players, good men. Yeah, that's it's pretty fascinating, and you know when you talk about the the Whalers, I just think that the one thing I also was pleased at is that it's like the FedEx logo. I you know it took me a long time even to see like the H and the W. You mm-hmm. know, and can you settle it for once and for all? Was it all on purpose? Was, was the H all- the W <laughs> and the whale tail? Was it? Because some people say it was it was accidental, but absolutely not. It was it was totally. You did it. You you. Yeah, did talked to it with Peter, Peter Good, Good, and he sent me the original design. May he rest in peace, right? May, yeah, he rest asked. in peace. Unfortunately, he passed away. We dedicated our documentary yeah, to him. End, yeah. um, great guy. And just hearing him describe how he arrived at that logo is fascinating. He started, it originally had a harpoon in it, but he didn't like that the harpoon might kill the whale, right? Or that's the idea behind that. So he took out the harpoon. He said the negative H was always there, and it evolved throughout different logos as, as he got to it, the whale tail. And he said he didn't know anything about hockey, which I also found interesting, but he created probably the most iconic hockey logo. Was he a successful designer outside of like that? As far as I know, yeah. yeah. Stamps, That's one of the interviews yeah. he said. He's like, I did a U.S. postage stamp, and this is what I'm going to be remembered for, the yeah. whaler's logo. I have to tell you, like, I think of FedEx because of the arrow that mm-hmm. just showed up for me, like, when I was, like, 40. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, it's it really is, like, an engineering sort of, like, ergonomic masterpiece. I mean, I'm not even blowing smoke because I don't really care. I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. And the fact that he always had, that he calls it the negative H, like, using negative space to, to have outline the H within the whale tail and the W. 
and he it was always there that was always part of his design so and as it evolved i know they they changed the logo right and in, in the 90s but it was still there that h and the whale tail was was all still part of it because they, they tweaked it i think richard gordon or one of the owners daughters like the dallas cowboys that's where the silver came from and the little horns on the logo the purists as jay slow said don't like that morphed logo they like the yeah. original logo still sells it still it still sells. Did he, any of the three of you cover at all any of the Whalers Alumni Weekend with the Yard Goats? Yeah, we, we were, were all there, there. which yeah. was exciting. <laughs> so, what is your sense? I mean, they they what is your sense of the former players? I mean, I don't know if they've got to watch it, but I mean, do they like when you come to talk to them, or are they sort of done with it? I think they're the same as um, the majority of us who are doing this project. Going okay. Well, I guess we're still talking about this, but there is an absolute sense of pride. I mean, they do completely recognize that somehow they ended up in something way bigger than their time in Hartford. I don't think they understand why, but they certainly appreciate it. <laughs> uh, listen, uh, Matt, Gabby, Kevin, great job. It's great to see all of you. I mean, I haven't really dealt with you much, Matt, but I mean, Gabby, I've talked <laughs> he to deals a, with us all the time. a little yeah. bit more. And and as I say, Kevin, Kevin is my first true mentor in this business, so it's always great to catch up. And I hope it does great. 7 p.m. Saturday, uh, it is the Hartford Whalers from Heartbeat to Heartbreak, and you can get it streaming whether it's Roku or Peacock or whatever. You can even go like right on the NBC Connecticut website yes. and get it. Correct on the edge. So Roku Fire TV. If you've got a Samsung TV. You can stream it there. But, yeah, if you're really just saying, oh, my gosh, all the streaming, what am I supposed to do? It's so easy, and it's a quick I, – I watched it eating pizza with, with dinner. I mean, yeah. that's it. Be yeah. safe out there. It's 9 o'clock. And an hour with Brian and no mention of Amherst College Hockey. <laughs> right. Or in. Exeter Andover or whatever. Bye. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.